Welcome to this episode of Ensemble Sports Talk. Uh, I'm I'm Tim. That's Jared. What's up? Uh, so we're coming to you. We're recording on April eighth at nine thirty p.m. First round of the Masters concluded today. Uh, NCAA basketball championship happened on Monday. Yeah, hikes. Uh. Baseball's starting to get into the swing of things. No pun intended. Um, no, I'm not. I'd say more of a nudge and a wink. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I was going to say we're kind of in one of those zones where there's there, there, there's a lot of stuff happening at once but pretty soon we're going to be out of it and it's going to be just baseball and golf well as i was gonna say if you're not for us this time period is very fun yeah very exciting if time period. Just started the draft is coming up yep basketball just ended but that was a fun ride so yep. like this i love this 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 even though there's no football, this is this is probably my favorite time of the year. Oh yeah, I listen to baseball on the radio, so this is great. Oh man, baseball on the radio. There's just nothing better so, than baseball on the radio. Yeah, because I'll listen to that sometimes when I'm at work. And yeah, yeah, baseball on the radio is not for everybody, but it's for me. But uh, same. Yeah, so we talked a lot about the NCAA tournament. Um, and when I say we talked a lot about it, we did three episodes specifically for it. And this is our last one. Yeah, so, so we so we may as well we here. may as well uh, that may as well be the first thing we talked about. So Baylor came out and scored like thirty points, and that was the game. Yo, can I can I sing a song that I think perfectly uh, emulates this situation that Gonzaga saw themselves in? Uh, why not? Your true colors. This is a shout out to our friend Marty too. Your true colors, true colors, true colors shining through. So if you guys didn't know, that's a song "True Colors" by Sydney Lauper, and I think Gonzaga truly showed their true colors versus really good opposition on Monday. What a cover! I was say, oh, man. My prevailing thought from the game is just you come out and you hit that many shots to start a game. You shouldn't lose. No, and uh, let's be honest, Gonzaga look lost. Yeah, I was going to say they missed when Baylor started to kind of separate in the first five minutes, seven minutes of the game. Gonzaga missed probably two or three open shots that I mean they've made those same shots with remarkable consistency in every other game it's like those shots aren't going in and you're just watching it and you're like oh well 
looks like we know what's going to happen here. But to, uh, to their credit, if Baylor doesn't get out to such a hot start, it's totally different to game because Gonzaga did get the game back down to they got it down to nine points in the second half. Baylor went on another run, but Gonzaga getting it down to nine points in the second half. You could make the argument if Baylor doesn't come out and hit all those shots to start the game, Gonzaga kind of working it down in the second half. It's it's a different game if Baylor doesn't have that cushion, but at the same time. Baylor made another run, and they pulled away, and that was that. And they came out, and they scored like 30 points in the blink of an eye. So Yeah, well, they started off with like five for six or six for seven. They hit – just they converted at such an insane rate that you just, you just don't see that. One, in college, you don't see it in college. Two, in games such as those in college, you don't see it because – most of the national title game, with the exception of the the two national title games that Villanova played in and won, I don't remember national title games really in the last decade being particularly high scoring. But 2018 Villanova, I believe it was 2018, you can correct me if I'm wrong, they steamrolled everybody. Like, Nobody held a candle to them. Their game against North Carolina in 2016. Really high scoring, amazing back and forth game. But other than that, I mean, the 2010s started with Duke Butler. That was, what, like 60 to 57. Um... The year after that was UConn beating Butler like 50-something to 40-something. Like, we've seen, I'd say, we, we've had a stretch run of national title games that were not particularly exciting. Duke and Wisconsin in 2015, that was a good game. Um, yeah, am I, am, I, am I missing any, like, super exciting high-scoring national title games? No, as I say, the ones that I don't remember, or they tend to not get real high scoring because they're just they're for for a while. Granted, there are um, throughout the game they obviously have runs, but I don't remember one that was like constantly like eighty five plus or eighty plus in the championship. So the only the only two like really close back and forth ones I can think of from the last decade are Villanova North Carolina in 2016 and then Duke Wisconsin in 2015. Those were two like really close tightly contested games. And other than that I don't really remember any. Eh, North Carolina, Gonzaga, but North Carolina kind of pulled away. Now it brings up the question. Do you think uh, Mark Few will ever win a national title? Yeah. Interesting. Because he's an old guy. I was like, let's not forget. Is he's he? not super young. I, I believe he was in the 60s last time I checked. I'm going to look this up. If he is, that would that I would find that shocking. He does not look nearly that old. 
He's 58. 58. Uh, he doesn't look that old. Um, but you think he's got probably, what, a decade? 10 more, for sure. Yeah, I think they'll win. Um, Interesting. See, I don't think they will. But here's the thing. I don't think I don't think he'll win a natty ever. I think he'll win I one. I think he'll be good. But it also kind of depends on who who stays and who goes just as time goes on. Cuz Gonzaga's becoming a much more viable destination for like really good players. Um so Yeah, but then they're going to run into that same thing Kentucky does and Duke does, where it's one and done. Yeah, well, I say player. I don't think they're ever. I don't think the type of place, or I don't think Mark Few is the kind of coach who would ever like fully commit to doing that. You look at him this year, Tim. Um, man, it looks like they're going to get the number one center, and they got Hunter Silas. And if they're both good enough and they play well enough, they could easily be top ten draft picks. That's you true. Look at, you look at Suggs now. Say, Suggs is going to. What be I top mean by five. that. What I mean by that is they're not bringing in four freshmen or five freshmen who are all gonna like who all fully intend on being and like being there for the basketball season and then leaving. No, but if as I said, if I may, watching the Baylor Gonzaga game, in my opinion, even though Suggs started off rough and had turnovers, he was by far their best player. Oh yeah, the, the Timmy and Chris—they looked lost out on yeah. the court. Um, so, if and I'm just a general statement: if their best player is the young freshman every year, that's going to be a high draft pick. They're going to lose their best player year in and year out. Not saying they always will, but I say that's true. But that's just—we're at a point now where that's just kind of the nature of the beast. Yeah, so as I'm saying, in that, in that in that sense, that's why I think um, Gonzaga or Mark Few, like, like, he's a damn good coach, and you have to respect what he's built at Gonzaga, where now they can compete with any Power 5 school, no matter who you are. But I just, I think I th- it's, it's tougher for him to win a natty than I think- if he went somewhere else. My thing is, just think about next season. They get guys who stay. But they're like, not going to stay. But not everybody's going to go to the NBA. I bet more people go to the NBA than stay this year. I think there's three people that will leave. Kispert's gone. He's never going to have a better season. He's also no. a senior. He could come back, but he's gone. He's never going to have a better season. He's Suggs never going to be projected higher than he is. Suggs is gone. He's dumb if he stays. Yeah, I you're don't, top five. I don't think a Yayi is going to stay. I think Timmy will. See, the, but, the thing with Timmy is you, they're supposedly having the best center in the country come in. So if you're Timmy and that guy is potentially better than you, why would you stay? Because it's also well, I think, I think if you're him too, where he like this right now where he's at this is the highest he has been rated so far obviously he's only a junior but um that just means that i'm just gonna say he's probably a lottery pick if you had had to think about it yeah no uh timmy he's a sophomore 
Yeah, I know. I know. I, I, I know he could come back, but it's uh, just... Yeah, yeah, okay. okay I don't okay. know if, with the people coming in, I don't know if his... Like, I would argue he's at this ceiling already. So, he, I think he should just go get the... Secure the bag and leave um, it at. But my thing is, it's like... Like you had an amazing season. You were an all-American, but like he's really good and he's one of the best centers in college basketball. But you don't watch him play and think that guy's going to be in the NBA and he's going to take it to people. Like you can he's see of uh, Luke Garza. Like, you can see the room for improvement. He's more mobile than Garza, I think. But Garza's built like a brick house. So, like, Garza's not predisposed to being quick or fast because he's fucking huge. Um, Timmy's more, like, kind of... Slender's not the right word, but he's more lean. He just doesn't have as much weight on him. And his, like his, his body build is just kind of more, I don't know, narrow. But like, I, 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 I think, I think Timmy could come back the same way Kispert did. Because Kispert went, I believe Kispert went to the combine last. He put his name in for the combine. He went there and he got the feedback and then he came back for one more season in college. I I I I I could see Timmy doing that and I don't know necessarily that there's so much like oh I got to play with or I got to worry about losing my spot to the number 1 overall recruit cause it's like well if you have both those guys why would you not just play them at the same time like because Gonzaga plays four guards and one big guy. So someone's going to lose time regardless. Well, no, but why wouldn't they just adapt their system and play two bigs? They've done it before. Yeah. I mean, you can, but the outcome wasn't the greatest, was it? They went to the national title game. And did they win? They went to the national championship game playing that system once, and both of these guys are better than the two players they did that. You're and getting so hung lie. up on the fact that they lost to a great North Carolina team. Ugh. What? What, man? Ugh. You you know you think Gonzaga's way better than I do, and that would always be fact. I think people over-glorify Gonzaga. Granted, they made it to the Natty uh, National Championship. It's so hard fight. to get there. Yeah, but, but the way people are talking about it, they're like, oh, it's a breeze that Gonzaga's going to Win. No, and it's, Baylor it's, came it's in very and cl- no, it's very clear. Them. It's very clearly not as easy to win as people think it is. It's very obvious. But it, it, like, but the way people were talking about Gonzaga this year, it was a conclusion that they were going to win. Well, they got this, they got this, and they and they lost. And Gonzaga, yeah, they have good records. But it still goes back to the damn conference they play in. And you know that. It's true. If Gonzaga plays in any other conference every year, they have four to five losses. 
but since they play in the WCC, it's not the argument. That's not the argument. That's not. That's not the argument. They lose national titles because they don't play a gauntlet type schedule every year. And their players they have are overrated. Ah, but that's just my two cents on Gonzaga. Very clearly laid out. Also, we're giving a lot of talk to Gonzaga. Man, we should just talk about Baylor, though. Like, Baylor. Well, I mean, well, I feel like we have in talking about why Gonzaga didn't win. Well, I mean, but think about it. Baylor yeah, has. The national t- champions. And Baylor has three amazing guards who are all going to go to the NBA. Jared Butler's a monster. Um, Davion Mitchell's an all time great defensive guard. Masio Teague's amazing. Like, like, there's they they don't have any holes. Like, they do the they do they do everything well, and they do a lot of things great. Like they're not bad at anything. They rebound well. They play good defense. They shoot the three really well. Do you, do you think Gonzaga, or Baylor can keep up this trend, or do you think they're going to come down to earth? Like, do you think this was a, like? Granted, they have been good, but this is clearly the best team he's had. Oh yeah. Do you think um, that he could sustain or sustain the success, or do you think they will? Then I'm not sure. Back to their twenty-six and eight Baylor. Um, who like loses in the Elite Eight every year? Yeah, uh, I'm interested to see if Chris Beard getting hired at Texas has any effect on Baylor, because you you have a really good coach who just got paid to to come in and inherit a a, a basketball program at a, a university that would say that they're like a premier athletic university in the in the college landscape which <laughs> 20 years ago yeah they were yes. <laughs> um now they are but the texas hasn't been relevant really in basketball in terms of like an actual legitimate threat to make a run since Durant? Kevin Durant played there. Maybe, maybe, maybe in the years after that. And that there, the there were a couple of the years. Durant team, they didn't they lose early too? I believe so. But they had they had a couple of years after Kevin Durant where Texas was really good, and then when when Rick Barnes was there and Mark Turgeon was still at A and M because Texas A and M was also very good. Um. They had a couple years in the late 2000s, very early 2010s, when they were good, and then they just fell off a cliff. But like, I'm interested to because because the, the the Texas has made it very clear that they they want to win and they will do what they have to do to win. So you have a guy who got a Texas Tech team to the national title game. Um.
and who, but as I now feel the need to say, didn't win the national title. Um, did not. I'm interested to see what what happens with Texas. Um, so, but I'm. It's like I. It, my thing with Baylor, I think this is the best team Baylor's going to have for a long time. I, I don't think they'll be this good next year, but you're going to have people who leave. And it's like, I don't know. You can only have one team that is the best like team you've had or that you will have ever had, like as a coach or like as a player that you've been a part of. There's, there's like one season has to be better than the rest, and it's like maybe this was it for Baylor. Cause I mean, think about it. They don't have their COVID pause. They could have very well gone undefeated. You would, you, I, um, I don't, I don't want to dispute random shit, but I would assume you could, that if they didn't have COVID issues, you could speculate. They would be the for the, sure. The the only game that makes you think about that is the game they lost to. Uh, Kansas? Oklahoma State in the in, in the conference tournament because they had been playing games again and then they lost in the conference tournament. And not like oh they played like ten games after their layoff and then they lost like, but it wasn't like their first or second game back from their COVID pause and they they lost to Oklahoma State who. Has had a very talented individual. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Yeah, because um, yeah, I was just looking at uh, Baylor's records over the years. Obviously, besides last year, they probably would have made a big run last year as well. Oh yeah, they went twenty six and four. But just looking at the rest of the records, I was going to say the least amount of losses that Drew has is eight. Like yeah. before the last year, they went twenty and fourteen. The year before, twenty and nineteen and fifteen. So they're like, they're that weird. Like they are good, but they're never great. But yeah. they finally put it together this yeah. year and last year. Well, you think Jared Butler didn't start his career there? He transferred there. Yeah, and I, so if like, I'm not mistaken, most of them transferred in, right? Um, that I don't know. For certain, I know Vital was there his whole career. And that guy's like the heart and soul of their team. Um, But like, and so to answer your question, I think Baylor will experience some drop off. How much? Who's to say? But like, or maybe they, maybe they are better next year. But like, even with last year, like you, you could make the argument that last year, like, you could have had the same national title game two years in a row, just because both of those teams that played were also really good last year. They were both obviously much better this year than they were last year. Like, they were each head and shoulders better than everybody else. Because um, I don't know who you could say. I I don't know what third team is out there where you could say yes that team should have been in the national title game instead of 
Baylor or Gonzaga. Nah, dude, we both know Maryland would have made it. Um, Facts. Yeah. I'm interested. The reason I think, like, oh, maybe Gonzaga can win a national title next year is just because they have this big seven-footer who is not committed there, but he's very likely going to commit there. He played with Jalen Suggs on the same team in high school. Um, And then Hunter Salas just committed there. And Hunter Salas and Jalen Suggs have very similar styles of play. That's not to say Hunter Salas is as good as Jalen Suggs because you're not going to know until he gets there. But he is extremely talented. But it, like, it might be one of those, like, Gonzaga might retain enough guys and then bring in enough talent where they then are the best team if everybody else just kind of loses pieces without retaining people. Like, teams just may not be as good next year. It'll be interesting. But I'm not sure you'll see like two teams playing each other in a national title game that are like so clearly better than everybody else. Where there wasn't a point where you thought, like, yes, they absolutely should have lost this game. The closest you can get is Gonzaga-UCLA. But it's not like... Gonzaga was losing by 15 and then they made this epic run and then they won in triple overtime because they, they it's not like Virginia when they beat Purdue in the Elite Eight it's not like they Gonzaga never had a moment like that where like they very clearly should have lost the game like they hit the buzzer beater but they hit the buzzer beater when the score was tied so they would have just gone into overtime not we were down and like very clearly should not have won this game. You ever just do you ever think about that Purdue Virginia game sometimes and wonder how did Virginia win that? Like well, that's they one, but like that's one of those games that makes you think like there has to be a god. Well, yeah, there's definitely like, a basketball god that like, put down divine intervention cause they, on because they Virginia. threw the inbounds pass across the half court line into the other half of the court. It, like, uh, yeah, that I think about that and it frustrates me because I would have loved to see Carson Edwards in a Final Four. Well, you should have got there. He should have got there. Well, that's okay. So don't just a couple of things. I was gonna say Jared Butler, Masio Teague, their guard, and then Davion Mitchell. They all transferred in. So they, I was gonna say Baylor was on the transfer hype to get those three players. Uh, two, that is the um, Purdue-Virginia Carson Edwards. That is the greatest single performance I've ever seen in a college basketball game by Because that guy was pulling up from 30 feet with no hesitation and just and burying it. it. Just that I, I say, I, w- I wish I wish that he played more. I wish he got more minutes for Boston, but I'm just happy Boston has him. And say he was he that that that's probably the funnest Purdue team I've ever seen. Just because he was so he that was team, such a good they shot just, maker. They scored. Oh, the Purdue might be really good next year. Yeah, they return a lot. Yeah, and they don't have anybody good enough. Like their their good young guys were not good enough to go to the go to the NBA. 
as I said, what it's I was like, going to do is uh, we, we can react to the way too early top 25. Oh, I haven't even looked at this. All right. So this is through USA, obviously. Oh, I have Number looked one. at this. I'm looking at ESPNs right now. We can so compare because yeah. they have UCLA number one. Okay, yeah, I did see that list. ESPN is Gonzaga at number one. I could see both. Duke number two for U, uh, USA Today. US uh, ESPN is UCLA number two. But that is counting on everybody coming back for UCLA. Yeah. Duke, do they have the potential next year to be damn good, like they say? Are you asking me? Yeah, because you're a Duke fan. Oh, so I figured you'd have yeah. DJ Stewart, I think I heard, put his name in for the draft, or he's he's going to the combine at least. You know, he could probably use another season of to to actually play well. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like you go to the combine, you do really well. It, like it's all about your skill and ability. Not like, did you shoot 40% at Georgia Tech on a Thursday or 32%? <laughs> like, um, and of the guards, he was the best of all the guards. Duke's guard play was so all over the place. Um, but Stewart was the best of the guards. Um, but Jalen Johnson left. But, like, Matt Hurt, I don't think is going to go pro. That dude is... Dude can score. That guy is a walking bucket. He just fills it up. He was first team all-conference for a bang-average Duke team. He's the only reason they had a winning record. Yeah. But they're bringing in... They're bringing in... Like, a top... What, he's, like, the number three overall recruit or something. He's a big guy. Paolo something. Um, then AJ Griffin, who's a small forward, is also very highly... Like, Duke's recruiting class from last year, not up to par with where their recruiting classes over the last like five, six, seven years have been. And it kind of showed... They're losing it. Um, well, the recruiting class for this incoming season is back kind of to where you expect it to be so we'll see but but the, the the thing about duke is for duke to be really good they have to have a true center on their team and they also have to have a true point guard on their team if they don't have either of those things don't expect them to win or to win a national championship that is they might have a great season and go really far but they're not going to win at all it's just the way they are. Um, the 2010 team that won, they're a bit of an anomaly, but there were there were better teams than them that year who lost in the tournament, i.e. John Wall, Kentucky. Um, and they played Butler in the national title game. And that's not to say that Butler didn't deserve to be in the national title game, but Butler beat more talented teams than themselves to get there. It's like... In terms of the gap in talent in that national title game, there was a fairly significant gap, especially when you look at depth. But Butler certainly deserved to be there, and it was an incredible game. 
but that's not like a Duke team where I'd say, yeah, put them up against some of the other teams in that tournament and they'd, they'd beat them and still win the national title. Because that team was John Shire and Kyle Singler shooting a lot of threes. And then uh, the first Plumley brother, Miles Plumley, and then Brian Zubek were their big guy. Like, like it was just such a... It's a Duke team that pales in comparison to the team that won in 2015. It, like, it's just not the same. But yeah, no. Duke will be better next year. Um, although it is, it'll be interesting to see when Coach K decides to, to hang it up. Especially, especially since Roy Williams just retired. I was gonna say, I, it, it, I, in my opinion, in the next five years, you're gonna see Bayheim, and either Bayheim or Coach K retire. I think Bayheim. I think a realistic timetable for I I think Bayheim might hang it up when his kid leaves. Very much so. Because he's old. Yeah. Um, so Coach K, dude's ancient. But uh, yeah, so going back to the article. Yeah. Uh, Michigan number four. Ohio State number four here. They have Ohio State number five. They have Can- ESPN has Kansas number five. Baylor number six. They have Maryland number six. I uh, we I say I should have asked you about this. Fats Russell is transferring from Rhode Island to Maryland. Yeah, I saw that. I and saw then that. Uh, Wahab, the big guy from Georgetown, is going yeah. to Maryland. Like Maryland is going to be, they're going to be dangerous well, next year. Well, it's like uh, Maryland's like Duke. If they have a good point guard. The problem with this year, they don't have, they didn't have like a true point guard, so they struggled a lot. And through though, in Maryland's best teams, they've always they are a guard dominant team with a with a guard that can take over and dominate games. And in my, as I say, I believe Fat Russell's Fat Russell's Fats Russell Fats. I don't even know his name. Obviously. Um, he's, I mean, he, he, he scored 18 a game at Rhode Island. So obviously if you're scoring 18 at a good or has been a good basketball school over the last couple of years, I would make the argument that if you're good enough to play point guard for one of the Hurley brothers, yeah, you are automatically a good point guard. Yeah, I'd agree. So we'll find out. That would, what it will probably come to, uh, with Maryland is it would just be like their classic. They are always predicted and rated high, but they struggle throughout the year and then get a four seed and then lose in the NCAA tournament because that is just how it seems to go. Besides last year, last year, last year is the first year. I know I said it before that I thought actually Maryland had a shot to win a national title, but we didn't get that. So yeah, they get big guys. Uh, seven is Purdue. Uh, they have Villanova Wait, at seven. I, did I say Baylor six? You did. Well, Baylor six. If I didn't, you did. Uh, Alabama's eight. They also have Alabama eight. Also, Javon Quinterly. Can you tell me where he started his college career? Duke. No. 
I say this is a this is a, a bit of a deep cut good trivia. Where did Javon Quinterly start his college career as a five star recruit? Oh, is it Alabama? Nope. Is it Auburn? No. Am I close? No. Is it a Division One school? Yes. I'll give, you, it, I'll give you two guesses, uh, two more guesses. They're very good. Oh, then. Are they a power five? Yep. Alabama. No, you said them already. I just thought, you know, maybe maybe it is Alabama, and you're just trying to throw me off. Nope. Gonzaga. No. They're not a power five. Villanova. Uh, oh, really? Yep. I did not know that. Started at Villanova, transferred to Alabama. And they have Kentucky at nine. They have Florida State at nine for ESPN. Kansas at ten. Virginia Tech at ten. That's an interesting one. Dude, how how Bill Self is still how they Storm gave Storm Murphy. Is that the dude who was at Wofford? It is. It is. Yeah. It is. He's he's tra- he transferred to Virginia Tech. Oh, yeah, Virginia Tech might be pretty dangerous. Then they have Maryland at 11. ESPN is Baylor at 11. Virginia, Villanova 12. Arkansas at 12. Michigan State 13. They have Duke at 13. Florida State 14. Syracuse 14. Texas 15. St. Bonaventure 15. Syracuse 16. I don't even understand this. Arizona 16, who just fired their coach. Yeah, that was that was Although, a long time I, coming. I was going to say a decision a little bit late in the making there. Um but yeah. Yes, 17. Yeah, we have Virginia. They have Michigan at 17. That's interesting. Uh, North Carolina, 18. Also North Carolina, 18. West Virginia, 19. Kentucky, 19. Wichita State, 20. Oregon at 20. LSU, 21. Colorado State at 21. Houston, 22. Michigan State, 22. Tennessee, 23. Oh, Belmont, 23. Damn. Florida, 24. Houston, 24. And then uh, Virginia Tech. West Virginia at 25. Those are very different. Well, uh, the back half of those, as I say, yours had more interesting. Uh, yeah, I said the, the, the ESPN picks are always so interesting because they, and the guys who write the column for this every year, because it comes out the day after the tournament. Um. And they always talk about, they're like, okay, so this is like, it's based off who they expect to go to the NBA and then the transfers and the recruits coming in. So it's like, you get guys who decide to not go to the NBA or guys who do go to the NBA that you didn't think were going to try and go to the NBA, then it it all kind of changes. Good example. The year that the Housers transferred away from Marquette, they had Marquette at number two. So they're like, oh, well, they're going to have Marcus Howard as their scoring guard. They're going to have both of the Housers. 
they're going to have uh, McEwen as a wing player, Theo John as a center, and then Sakar Annam as another scoring. They're like they're going to have like six really good players. And yes, if the Hauser brothers would have stayed at Marquette, Marquette probably would have been a top ten team for most of that season and been really great. But they left for so. better pastures. At least one of them did better. Well, they both lost very early in the tournament. <laughs> yeah, but one of them was 20 points a game at Virginia. Yeah, and the one, other was one was not 20 points per game at Michigan State. Michigan State. Michigan State was just kind of. Yeah, yeah, Michigan State just looked so lost until the last week of the season when they beat three top 10 teams in a row. That's another team that just, you know, so weird. no offense, you're a great coach and all, but maybe it's just time to hang up the hang up the shoes. Um or the Jays. I'm like <laughs> they just, they haven't been great for the past like 5 years. They make they, they do have There's a kid, you think he's a junior this year in high school, his name's Amoni Bates. He's yeah, been, isn't he the number one overall re- recruit? Yeah, he he has been. I I have heard a- every recruiting description I've read, scattering report based on him. They they all describe him as like a generational talent. He's been committed to Michigan State for years. Like he is going to go to and and he has said that he will go to Michigan State instead of going to the G League. Like he will go to Michigan State for at least a year and play there. So I'm interested in seeing if. Is he from Michigan? I don't know. It would make sense. Because um, that'd be like a weird, like, yeah, I am for sure going here. He's from like California. Michigan State. All right, I'm, I'm looking this up. Just, I am uh, as well. Um, oh, he is. But also, He's from Ypsilanti, uh, which is like, yeah, yeah totally. in that, well, Ypsilanti's in that like Detroit Ann Arbor area. Oh, in between them or? In between, but also like south. Okay. I would say text Wayne and ask him, but um, he might be doing something right now. So, and for those of you who are unfamiliar, uh, Wayne, our friend who does uh, the normal pod with us, is uh, from Detroit, born and raised. So. Oh no! It's yeah. just between them. Ypsilanti is where Eastern Michigan, Eastern Eastern Michigan University, is in Ypsilanti. Oh, imagine if you went to Eastern Michigan. It was like a huge. What are they? Eastern Michigan. Uh, are they uh, a bird type of bird? I believe they are the Eagles. Imagine if he became an Eastern Michigan basketball player. That would be nuts. That'd be something. But uh, also. Let's throw this out there. Nebraska's making the NCAA tournament next year. You cannot convince me otherwise. They will be there. They will win their first NCAA tournament game ever. They will stop becoming the laughing stock of Division One basketball as being one of the very few, if not, I believe, the only team that has not won an NCAA tournament game in Power 5. Uh, so transition. I thought since uh pop culture, a couple of things I want to throw out there is uh, DMX 
If you didn't hear, he is in a vegetable-like state. I saw that. Uh, that's sad. Um, Author of an all-time great tweet. <laughs> oh, is that the garlic bread? Yeah, that's the, like, sex is cool, but have you ever had garlic bread? <laughs> and to be fair, he said that before everyone started saying, oh, sex is cool, but have you ever had this? Like, he was the, he, in, from what I've seen, the originator of that comment. Yeah, it wasn't like somebody on Yik Yak who would go on their freshman year of college and be like, upvote for chicken strips and get like 40 upvotes. That's very uh, unoriginal. Shout out to Yik Yak, though. That was the greatest app for like six months of my life. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, Yik Yak, with, the, the Yik Yak at the beginning of college was so aw- good. That, that was awesome. And then like... At the end of the year, you go on there and you're just like, the hell am I doing? <laughs> I was say, if you ever, uh, it was I don't one of those if it exists where, anymore. I don't think it does. It was one of those apps, though, that like when you just had a shitty day, you just go on there and see yeah. what funny shit people said. Oh, yeah, it's discontinued. I gotta look. The, oh, it, it got the, they dissolved in 2017. Ooh. Did they get bought by somebody? You can keep talking about oh, it while I read this. So, yeah. But yeah, like you would... And some of the stuff on there was obviously stupid. Well, it uh, was like a weird... But it was anonymous. So like they didn't know who said it. And it would be like yellow, what? Yellow mittens. Yeah, people would argue in the comments. It was awesome because people would address each other as like whatever logo was next to the thing. So you'd be like, shut, be like, shut the fuck up, mittens. They'd be like, make me candy cane. Like, so it like had this weird like ch- childishness to it. But people would get like heated about stuff. <laughs> or it'd just be dumb stuff. <laughs> I remember people would like try to hook up with that app too. Yeah, <laughs> you, like, you'd go on, you'd go on there, like if you looked at it at like nine thirty on like a Wednesday on a college campus, you could very well see like, be like, Candy, meet me here at this time. Yeah, like like you could scroll down, and one of them would be somebody talking a bit, like, yo, where are the parties at tonight? Which like, yeah, that's where people are gonna tell you. Um, then you could see something where it's like free blowjobs behind the student health building. <laughs> and then underneath that, it'd be like the guy working the desk at the wreck is so hot. Anybody know him? Like, and then in, in, in the, in the comment section of that last post, it'd be like all these people like, what color hair does he have? They're like trying to figure out who it is. So these people can go hook up. It's like, what the, what the hell? <laughs> it's like <laughs> it sounds like a weird app, but trust me, it was so good for the first. Uh, People be like, "This person's so hot," and somebody comment, "Thanks, that was me." <laughs> like it, it very well could be, but it also probably isn't. <laughs> but no, I, it, it was so funny because you just see these like weird. It was like the. Uh, it, kind of in the same vein as like the shower thoughts like Twitter accounts or like Reddit threads but like just imagine if it's just a bunch of 18 year olds just like <laughs> randomly spewing their thoughts into the ether 
see, that's like sift through a lot of just like eventually you get to the point where it's you just sift through a lot of stuff. But like, God, that that there was like a window of time where that was just that was just entertainment on tap, and it just could not, it just could not have gotten better. That and you could look at Yik Yaks because a lot of it was centered around the college campuses, and you could like look at the different like each because yik yak was like a area based thing like you could look at the different yik yaks from like different college campuses you know what i'm talking about yeah 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 so like, say, i'll be honest unl's was quite ass <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna say as, as people who were lincoln's was yeah Nebraska's was 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 bumping for a stretch, um, but it has massive state school, so. Um, you could go like look at different yik yaks, yeah, for like different colleges, and that kind of give you a thing. Like at Lincoln, there was a lot about like the campus squirrels or like the sewer cats, stuff like that, and yeah. Because I remember every now and then people from who like went to UNO would be like, "Yo, what? Wh- why? Why are you guys? Why or is, why is everyone talking about squirrels, dude?" I'm like, "You don't understand." Like, yeah, the squirrels in Lincoln were just the squirrels will literally like accost shit. you and steal your food. Like they're just not afraid of humans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yik yak. God. Yik yak. What a good. It was good. Bro. What a. It was good. What a moment in time. That, that's one of those things where you think about, like, I was in college when that was a big thing because it only existed for, like, four or five years. And it's like, that was... That was fun. That, <laughs> that, yeah, that was... That was... That was fun. But, yeah, no. No, we... Yeah, the people would be like, upvote for chicken strips. Just be like... God. 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 We, we had a friend who used to do that. It's just like I still remember one of the our friends' comments was like, "My exercise is running a class or whatever," and it got like three hundred and it got oh. a ton of votes, and I was just like, "What?" Yeah, and you shouldn't be like, "Get the fuck out of here with that!" Like, come on. What? But but yeah, yeah, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, there's our. Uh... Yeah, that was culture segment. Yeah, now we could we could hard pivot to (laughs) we can hard pivot to golf. (laughs) The Masters, the mat. I'll I'll keep this very quick, like a little sports report. The Masters started today. Justin Rose is on top of the leaderboard. He shot. Seven under. Second place, Hideki Matsuyama. And Brian Harmon at three under, which they were at three under and they were leading most of the day. And it looked like you were going to be in the top five if you shot even par at 72. And then Justin Rose went birdie, eagle, birdie on the back. And then he finished birdie par. He shot a 65. And the course is playing. The course is fast and firm. So it's it, it, it's tough this year. It's not like it was in the fall when it was very soft and you could just hit over everything and just drop the ball right next to the cup. So... Yeah, Justin Rose might run away with it. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, after saying he was going to attack the course and really take it to it, he is four over. 
tied for 60th. Jesus, dog. That's terrible. Um, Granted, I couldn't do that, but shit. Am I the only one that thinks Bryson DeChambeau is just not, like, no. a little overrated? You're, you're not. Well, the thing oh, that, the no, thing, okay. I'm gonna we're, gonna, we're gonna okay. We're gonna we're just gonna commit ten minutes to talking about this because I can't start talking about it and then stop. I just um, every time I watch him, like I can hit it far because yeah, I he's like I'm a I'm I'm big and beefy. Watch me hit it. Like he obviously doesn't talk like that. That's very mean. But it's like that's the sentiment that like he just that's just the way you feel about him. Like it, he he. Like, seems he, like- he 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 gained all like because his, his whole thing like when he played at SMU, like he was really good. He won the USA Amateur Championship, and that's like that's just like one of those things. Like oh, you win that, then your your name's up there with like Tiger and like some other guys. Where it's like okay, you know, you 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 probably have like the foundations of what it takes to be really good. Um. I say really good to be like a great pro as in like you win events on tour, which is so hard to do. Um, But like he's always been like a big numbers and science guy. Like, cause his first thing is like, Oh, he's kind of quirky. All of his clubs are the same length and he uses math and stats to kind of, make decisions about his game and the shots he's going to hit and what clubs to use. And I was like when he first got on tour and then he, and then after the COVID pause, he's like, yeah, I put on this most, he came back. He was a thick boy, dude. <laughs> like he was massive, big chungus, thick boy. Like, yeah. And not just pure muscle. Like well, it the, was, the thing is, it's like, muscle. A little bit of fat. Yeah, he put on like thirty something pounds of muscle, but he also put on like he he. But if you listen to the breakdown, he's like, "Well, I'm eating like this many thousands of calories a day to not only put on the weight, but also keep the weight on." And I'm working out, and I'm doing this, that, and the other. Where it's like, but but to his credit, like. You have to have, like, if you want to generate more force, you have to have greater mass. Like, that's just the way it is. It's very simple, but, like, he looked so different because he gained, like, 35 or 40 pounds. It's like, holy, what what did you do? Um, is that? I respect him. Like looking at numbers, uh, and like changing how he plays based off it's, the numbers, and you you are right. It's like, like if you have more mass, you could then hit it farther. But it's the way you go about it. Yeah, that's that's like that's math. the thing. It's like nobody has an issue with the fact that he's like changing, making all these adjustments based on the stats and the science behind. It. Nobody has an issue with that. He's just kind of a. It's dick. the way he talks about it. And the way he approaches it is just so uppity and unlikable. Like he said going into the Masters in the fall, he said that for him, he's like, well, for me, I'm playing Augusta as if the as if par is 67. 
And so every you see, you see countless videos of him looking for his golf balls in the pine needles, in the azaleas, all the videos of him just shanking drives, just pushing them way right, hooking them way left. And they're all captioned the same thing. It's like, par is 67 in quotation marks. It, like, and and, 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 he, and he, he said in his interviews, he's like, well, I'll always have faith in the numbers. They've never let me down. I'll always have faith in the numbers. They'll never let me down. So here's the thing. You can't be like, like for how hard he swings his golf clubs. Like his swing mechanics look so bad. He's gonna like tear something. He he very play. clearly like has figured his swing out where he's like, okay, this is a swing that works, but he looks like he looks like somebody who played baseball or football and it's just like ripped from that. Who is then playing golf where it's like, oh, they're really good at golf because they can hit it 350 yards because they're so strong. But like they don't have a good technical swing. Like his swing looks so different. It looks so weird. He is literally trying to hit it with everything he has. And that's just like. His body will give. Yeah. And like one of the main rules in golf is you only swing as hard as you can to the point where you can no longer control your shot. Like that's and, and the the first person you hear talk about that all the time is Tiger. Let's say you, you only only swing as hard as you're able to where you can still control your shot. If you lose control of your shot, you can't shape it the way you want and the ball doesn't fly the way you want it, you're swinging too hard. Um, and like, and, and I remember I talked to my, my, my family's big into golf and my sister played college, my sister played golf in college. Um, and she's a physical therapist now. And so like, I remember talking to her about it and like, my mom is an occupational therapist and my mom loves golf. So I'm like, I, we have two people who work in medicine in my family and know like, anatomy muscle groups how everything kind of interacts and, and especially because both of them work with like my sister's rehab at a sports clinic in texas so she works with golfers and basketball players and baseball players and softball players so it's a lot of joint injuries muscle ta- muscle injuries stuff like that and so like I remember talking to them about it especially my sister where I was like I don't and, and this is just me who like I probably know more about how that stuff works, like the ther- physical therapy, medicine stuff. Like, I went to business school. So like for being a business major, I probably know more than your average Joe, but I, my mom worked at a hospital my whole life and my sister did this. And it's like, I read some of her textbooks and stuff in my free time. So it's just like, I'm just around it. But I remember talking to her and about like, well, he just put on 40 pounds. You can't put on that much weight and keep that on. Like, like, you can't control your frame. Like, your skeletal structure. You can't change that. You just, you, you, you have what you have. And you can't bulk up that much on a frame that's not designed to hold that much. And keep it on, and 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 to 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 
credit the point you made two minutes ago, Jared. Like if he would have kept all that weight on, he would have gotten hurt, or he you you could you could speculate that it is likely he would sustain injury because it's so much. And he even said in in the in the very short off season they had, he went and he lost a little bit of the weight that he put on, and it's like, well, yeah, because it's like you can't. You put on all that weight, it's like you're not as limber, you're not as flexible. you got to figure out how to move and adjust. It's like you lose some of that weight, you can move a little bit better, you can do a lot of your movements more fluidly, you don't have to, you're not putting as much pressure and stress on your bones and your joints. But I thought the numbers never lied, Tim. Well, that's the thing, he keeps saying it. He's like, well, the numbers will never let me down. It's like, well, if you're such a big numbers guy, you should know that they're not always, there's, there, it's not possible for them to never let you down. you will be wrong but it's just like as you said it's the way he goes about it and and even like he had a quote where like like doctors now like there are people in 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 medicine this i I would argue is not a widely held position but there are some people who would tell you like the first human who's going to live to be 140 is already alive Mm -hmm. and bryson dechambeau put something out on his twitter he's like well i think I can be that person. And I just remember it was either Kepka or Justin Thomas who like replied to his tweet and said, like, dude, what are you talking about? Where it's like he just seems like so 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 far gone past like re- the j- just the boundaries of reality for some things where it's like it's like yeah, that could be any of us, dude. Like, Should I start making claims now that I think I'm going to be the <laughs> the person that lives to 140? Well, that's going to be me, guys. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's not going to be either of us, but... No, we're going to die. Well, I mean, sad take, but... I have, yeah, bad, I, I, have I have crappy lungs and you drink too much beer. That's just <laughs> the way it is. That's just the way it is. Imagine there's just a lot of like shit that happens where like we cancer runs in our family. We don't. Yeah, most... mine as well. Like it, it's, it, I am not predisposed to live 140 years. I'm just not. I'm predisposed to live like 88. I would honestly. It's I don't like, know if I want to live 140 years. Well, no, you yeah. wouldn't be able to move. It suck. Yeah, you're just you're you would just be sitting there and that's it. And I'm like, it's so like what's the point? There, there is none unless you're just like I, I, I can't let go. Like, but even then, like, what are you so afraid of that you can't? Yeah, let at that go? point, I'm it's like, like I'm out of here. <laughs> but I don't know. I just he just he dry, <laughs> He just drives me. I, I just I I don't. It gives me a bad impression of him. He might be the nicest guy I've ever met. But yeah, just the shit that he says it's just like and does. Kind of like cheese, dude. And like, I don't know. Golf is one of those things where like, and and you see this more. Baseball and golf are like the two sports where, like, golf has etiquette. Baseball has your quote-unquote unwritten rules where there's like this kind of code that you're 
bound to if you're a player or an athlete at the professional level in that sport where like no one says hey you have to do this but like like etiquette in golf is more clear cut than unwritten rules in baseball and like etiquette in golf but like etiquette's such a big part of the game in golf and baseball and golf are the two sports that have the most like traditionalists yeah, and that's what bugs me. Like, I see, okay. I hate, like, I understand the etiquette in golf, but Jesus, dude. It's 2021. And it well, just, well, you ter- ways, man. And, like, as that applies to DeChambeau, it, it's just like, so maybe I, just don't I be such a dick about it. But it's also what? like, it's like, I don't care that you're doing your thing or whatever. It's just like, you don't have to be so uppity about it. No. Um, but people in golf can also be pretty pretentious. About yes, how they yes shit they can be. Golf. They can be. There are some people who are like, well, you have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. It's like you you don't. Yeah. So in that sense, um, I respect DeChambeau where he's just doing something completely different that's off the wall. Yeah, but there's always been people like that who kind of tinker with things. Greg Norman is very well known for being one of them. He made... Greg Norman used to make some of his own golf clubs and he would, like, work with people to, like, by hand, like, manufacture, like, the heads of his sand wedges in a certain way so he could hit them better. Like... But pro sports is full of people like that. Like everybody has their own preferences. So you got guys who tinker with things and it's just kind of the way it is. Golf is more prominent because this is just so different. But like DeChambeau was talking about using a four and a half degree driver. Like that's so, to say that's unheard of is almost an understatement. That is an understatement. Who does that? But it's also like if you think it's going to work, you may as well try it. But like if it does work, it's like I don't need you to tell me it works. I see it. That might be the best way to put it. It's like I see you play and I see how well your stuff works for you. It's like I don't need you to go and tell me all the time in interviews how great it is. Because I also see how terribly it goes on some courses. I didn't say, I mean, granted you can hit it farther than normal, but I was going to say, accuracy is still the key to golf. Putting. Putting is big. And the, and, and I say, credit to DeChambeau, in conjunction with the power and the distance, he has become a better putter. And that's the reason he won the U.S. Open. He won the U.S. Open because he could putt. He didn't win the U.S. Open because he was bombing drives. He won the U.S. Open because he put really well when he needed to. It's the same reason Dustin Johnson started winning majors. Dustin Johnson couldn't put to save his life when he was first getting really good. He's always had the distance. But now that Dustin Johnson can really put, he is on a whole nother level. You know what you, know what you could do, Jared? What? You could become a pro golfer. But just do the opposite of DeChambeau. Just like only use driver if you have to. Just hit with your your three wood and your long irons off the tee. 
<laughs> no matter which hole. And just, just become just like an assassin with your wedges and your putter. I was going to say, I do, uh, speaking of uh, DeChambeau, there is, uh, he hit one drive. <laughs> and if you guys want to know what kind of personality he has, he hit it. So the whole, there's water. This the, yeah, this is the shot at the the memorial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where, and so the hole goes <laughs> around the water. And what he did was he skipped over the water close to the green. And once he hit it, he just like screams and points his hands up and was like, yeah. I was just like, good Lord, dude. Like, the, yeah. The types of moments where you're just like, all right, no need for that. I say, I'm in two minds about it. Cause in one, I'm just like, that's pretty cool. He hit that a long way. Yeah. But also, but it's like, also like, you're the last person I want to see do that. Um, But it's like good for it. But the, the b- bottom line is, it's like he gets more people to watch golf and like get into yeah. golf, so it's good for the game. Yeah, I would agree. Um, no, we we should just become pro golfers and beat him. Just do like the complete opposite of what he does. Yeah, just, just play, just play the game. Is that what you mean? Just just golf. Essentially, just yeah. Take <laughs> show up with our clubs and golf. Or like uh, always no, go to... iron off the tee and then get a fairway driver and just no matter where you're at. Oh, driver driver off, driver off the deck. I love yeah. that shot. It's hard, but I love that like, shot. We we perfect that, become pro golfers. And well, they make how... dri- like the new tailor made, like the sim yeah, drivers. Yeah, you can. Yeah, they they like have made them so that they're easier to hit off the fairway. Um. That that should be our goal right there. That's like a really good way to get distance and keep it low. Um, yeah, nah, we should just get both get just get new clubs, just get blades, <laughs> and just learn how to hit it. Even though like you have to be good to hit them, just learn how to hit them. You just center it up every single time. Because you don't but center. Like if, you, if you learn how to do it and you do it well. They could benefit you so much. Oh yeah, because they make blades make it way easier to like control the ball than cavities. Um, I want blades so badly, but they're expensive, and I would have to learn how to hit them. And it's like, oh, it's like, do I get them, or do I like wait till I become like a one handicap? And then get Will them. Will you become a one handicap in life? What? Will you become a one handicap? I think like so. Eight. Well, I'm like an eight right now. So why not work with them now so then it, that they would improve your golf game even more? I mean, I'm in two minds about it because it's like, oh, yeah. It's like I'm – because I'm at the point now where I'm like, I consistently hit fairways off the tee with my driver and I putt well. And I'm hitting my irons very consistently as well. Like everything is, I don't, I'm not doing anything poorly. Um, I wish you could have played when uh, me and Adam played on Sunday or Saturday, whatever day that was, Saturday. Saturday. Um, because like I, I had, I was gonna say I, 
The only thing I can't do consistently is hit out of the sand. But it's weird because if like I'm if I'm on like a city course that has garbage sand, I can't hit out of it. If I'm on like a very good course that has like excellent sand, I can hit out of it no problem. It's weird, and I don't. I need to figure that out. Um, but it's like to your point. It's like do I do I get blades? and like figure out how to hit them. And like, that could be what helps me get down to like being a one handicap or a scratch golfer, or like breaking par or like, would that just like set me back? Well, to start out, it would obviously, uh, yeah. it would set you back for sure. Cause if you, cause the thing with that is it's just like, once you've learned how to like, once you can consistently hit them and center the ball upon them, then they become very helpful. But if you can't do that, they're just they're so tough um yeah i want i say i I want to get them really badly i just don't know the when on getting them why not right now go on amazon because they're expensive (laughs) i did you the means you Uh, work yeah, I also have to pay for stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so long story short, Justin Rose has a big cushion at the Masters. Deschambeau is not playing well after saying he was going to destroy the course. Um, Chugger. What else is going on in sports right now? Baseball. Uh, Bohannon's coming back to Iowa. I mean, that was like two weeks ago. But Then why did he do his senior day stuff? Not like, screw that no. guy. It's just like, I don't, I, I don't understand the people who do the senior day stuff. I mean, I, I guess I get it if you're not sure. But even then, it's like, because then he's at just going to do it again next year. Well, at, even at that moment, you probably already know you're coming back. Like, that's not a decision you make after the season's done, you probably have made that decision throughout the year or, or towards the end of the year. So, you know where you're leaning and then yeah. you come make the decision, but yeah, he's coming back. Baseball's here. Uh, that team that rhymes with hot Lana started off. zero and three. Yeah. Bad, very bad. So, you know, it's, it's fun. But don't worry, Tim. They're supposed to be uh, the best team of the major leagues. Uh huh. Doesn't look like it right now. Nope. Uh, the Twinkie, Twink, Twinkies, aka the Twins, are playing really well. The Orioles, for a little bit, were winning the division. That's all I'm gonna say, man. They're back. Uh, that's the beautiful thing about opening day. Opening day, everybody has an equal chance. Yeah, everybody can believe. After two weeks, the Orioles will probably be be last in the division, but uh, they can say they were winning. And that's at one all point, that. they were in first. Um, yeah, we Either. should just refer to every team by their nickname and not their actual team. Okay, the shitty team in Maryland. All right. No, I can't. But yeah, um, 
bad. I, I don't know what to say. It's it's a new start to the season. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's the start, so not much. Like, you can't rely on what's happening to then be uh, what's yeah, going to happen. A lot, of, a lot of stuff is going to change. It's very early. We're, not, we're, we're, we're still at the point where people's batting averages go up and down by hundreds of points, depending yeah. on if they get hits. So say Byron Buxton's hitting 425, so yeah, just, just wait, people. Plays for Minnesota, that will go down to 250. Um, he had a good day, and like what Tim said, he jumped 150 points. So yeah, I'm just glad baseball's back. Uh, hockey talk, because I know you're a big hockey guy. Yeah, dude, totally. Yeah. Uh, Penguins beat the Rangers tonight, five two. Penguins, nice. they're 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 super super good. It's a good win for the Penguins, man. Um, totally. <clears throat> what? That's a good win for the Penguins, totally. Yep. Um, interesting thing, Carolina, um. Carolina, the Hurricanes, and then the Florida Panthers are tied with with Tampa to lead the division that they're all kind of jumbled in this year. Maybe not what you think, given that Tampa's so good. So that's something to watch out for. Um, also, the New York Islanders are amazing this year. Oh, winning their, the East, as people would say. Yeah, it's kind of, the divisions are different this year. Um, cause they, they, they look different. They change what? They look different. Well, yeah, all the Canadian teams are in one division. Uh, just so you guys know, I don't actually know much about hockey. Jared does not follow but hockey. So what I say is very much like, don't take it serious. Tell the people who your favorite team is. <laughs> My favorite team, and this goes back to uh, backyard hockey, I would always be the Ottawa Senators. So uh, they're 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 the squad, and they started off. They won their first game, so I was like, oh, they're they're going to be good this year." And they they're they're in last. <laughs> they're in last, and they have the second least <clears throat> points, so they're pretty bad they're this bad. year. They're bad. They're worse than Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> nah, 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 dude. Don't be sorry. Detroit blows. Um, they're better than Buffalo, but to be worse than Buffalo, you have to be all-time bad. Buffalo's so bad. But yeah, no, all the Canadians. Wasn't teams... Buffalo good like three years ago? What? Weren't the Sabres good like three years ago? No. Like, weren't they really? Well, weren't they in the uh, Stanley Cup Finals? Nashville was. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. Never they have mind. the same color yeah. scheme. So you guys, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, P.K. Subban when he played for Nashville. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Carrie Underwood's husband. Yeah, Underwood. what, Mike Fisher? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, P.K. Subban... Uh, Why am I blanking on who he plays for now? I should know this. 
Um, why don't I know this? Who does he play for, Jared? The Devils. Not Montreal, because he went from Montreal to Nashville. The Devils, New Jersey. He does? That's what Google's telling me. Yeah. But yeah, he, I'd say he had a run there with the Preds. They were good. They were really good. But they ran into the Penguins. And, uh, you know. Sydney. Yeah, Sidney Crosby, a top five player of all time. So. See, I know I know a couple of people in the you NHL. Who, you know who his running mate in Pittsburgh is? It's not Stamkos because he plays for Tampa Bay. <laughs> I'll give you extra bonus points if you can tell me who Sidney Crosby's running mate in Pittsburgh is and who Steven Stamkos' running mate in Tampa is. Uh, I would have to look it up. <laughs> okay. Evgeny so- Malkin... Oh, yeah, you mentioned that for, dude before. Yeah, for Pittsburgh, he's Russian. He's one of those guys who's rumored to have, like, the... the They they say that Putin gives, like, the really great Russian hockey players, like, the black card, and they just use that for money and stuff. Uh, r- rumor has it that, that Evgeny Malkin and Alex Ovechkin both have one also, along with a uh, couple other guys, like your uh, Nikita Kucherovs. Hey, speaking um, of Nikita Kucherov, isn't that Stamkos running mate? Yes. Tampa yes, Bay? Yes. Yes. I know my shit, dude. Come on. Um, and then, who am I thinking of who plays for the Rangers, who was having an MVP season last year? And why am Dude, I forgetting? Why am I forgetting? That young buck? Didn't they? Isn't there a dude in the NHL that's like super young that scores a lot? He's like nineteen. Are you thinking of Lafreniere? That might be it. There's. I just know. Artem. Artemi Panarin. This guy I was thinking of. Um, As I say, once in a while on ESPN, they'll be like, they'll just like. Oh. uh, They just like talk about hockey. There's a lot. I say there's a lot of young guys in hockey who are really good. Um, like gold scores, so I was like, okay. Lafreniere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm probably pronouncing this wrong. Alexis Lafreniere. I probably pronounced his first name wrong. Um, first overall draft pick, 2020 draft by the Rangers. He's 19. Um, I do remember him. He's supposed to be quite amazing. But yeah, no, Artemi Panarin is the guy for the Rangers I was thinking of. Had a breakout season last year. He's quite good. Um, Did you know he's also Russian? Yes. No, nah, the thing, the main thing I'm following right now, other than the Bruins, um, and hockey, is which Canadian team is going to make it to the Stanley Cup final? Because one of them is can, Canadian teams have a better path this year than they will any other year. Because none of them have to go through the the gauntlet of like the Islanders. I don't know why I said the Islanders first. The Penguins, the Capitals, the Bruins, the Lightning. Like, they don't have to slalom through all of those teams that normally just beat them. Like, one of them is guaranteed to get close, and it's probably going to be the Maple Leafs because the Maple Leafs are amazing because John John Tavares plays for them now. Islander fans were not very, very angry with him for leaving. Um, 
But Austin Matthews. Oh my god, that guy's amazing. He he's super young, but he is He's so good. He is so insanely good. It's like it, it, it would be like if you could get a playoff series where you get like the Leafs and the Penguins, so you get like Austin Matthews against Sidney Crosby or the Leafs and the Oilers, so or any time you could just see them play, so you get like Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid on the same ice, like Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby on the same ice. That, that that's. That's one of those things, like, you can watch that. You just be like, this is, like, skill and ability in a game of hockey that you just do not commonly see. But, uh, yeah, that was the very rare hockey talk. <laughs> I don't know if we've had this the first time we talked about hockey. I think so, yeah. Yeah, that was what, like, that was 10 good minutes about hockey. I was gonna say, well, uh, we'll bring up hockey here now and then. Well, we gotta say if we get if we get Wayne to come on here, we'll talk about hockey because Wayne, again, being from Detroit, he is a Red Wings fan. Also, Wayne is a huge European soccer fan, so uh, yes, we'll yes, ask, we'll ask Wayne about uh, questions. The beautiful game over there. Yeah. Um. Any anything in general that you want to wrap up with? It could be anything. Uh no, I was gonna say the only thing I was gonna say is uh this will be out on Friday. Obviously you're gonna listen to it on Friday, but uh sports podcast usually comes out on Friday and then the other one in which Marty and Wayne will join us comes out on Tuesday and that's where we talk about anything that we want to instead of having a sports driven podcast. So to repeat sports podcast will come out Friday. The other one with the whole ensemble cast will come out on Tuesday roughly. Maybe minus Wayne. Maybe probably, minus Wayne. probably minus Wayne. Soon though, Wayne will be. Yeah. <laughs> trick so. it, we trick him into joining the Discord. <laughs> Wayne, Wayne, we really need um, to talk. Start the podcast right away. But yeah, yes, I saying, that's, that's all I have to say. So I just laugh. It's, this is sports driven. It's like we did talk about sports for most of it, but we mixed in there with like a fifteen to twenty minute tangent about yik yak. Um, nothing wrong with that remember though Tim it's a sports podcast that brings in pop culture for part that's of true that's true I was going to say we do have we do have our our, our brand spanking new pop culture segment new tonight so, in the middle of the pod not nah, we started it last one too I was going to say we're going to continue what that we trend talk, what did we talk about last time uh, Will Smith oh yeah didn't I say that he stands on bridges or something yeah yeah <laughs> so, so, do you guys like a little bit of pop culture? Yeah. For you. That's 
excellent radio that I don't remember what we what we talked about. Sorry, man. I'm here. Um, I'm here. All right. Uh, Jared's going to close us out by doing more uh, ASMR. ASMR. Oh, yeah. ASMR. Also, if you guys want to email us, um, email us. Email us with our email address that we include in our podcast. It is in the description. It to... could be about anything. Yeah, if you don't like ASMR segments, please email us that you don't. If you do, please email us that you like them. If, if you, you want, want us to talk about specifically something in the sports world, email us. As I say, we're 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 waiting and willing to answer any emails. If you want more pop culture talk, we'll do more pop culture talk, but we'll still talk about sports. Perfect. We can talk about sports and pop culture. <laughs> mind blown but uh yeah with that being said uh what a rip oh, what a rip That includes our All right. uh, Got spit everywhere. <laughs> I did too. I did too. But it's worth it for you folks. We do it for the people. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>